You're listening to Quick Five with the Morgan Hill Chamber of Commerce. Welcome to the Morgan Hill Chamber of Commerce's Quick Five podcast, Five Questions with the Chamber's CEO and President. My name is Nick Asian. and it's my privilege to serve as your host. With me this afternoon and the spotlight of this edition with the City of Morgan Hill is City Manager Christina Turner. Christina, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Nick. You know, Christina, I feel compelled to start out the podcast today by saying that I am just continually amazed with the effort, the time, and the coordination that goes into developing our city's budget. Certainly, whether you're a business owner or a resident listening to the podcast today, as you dig deep into the 359-page document the city provides outlining our operating and capital budget, it quickly becomes an exercise in humility on just how integrated and complex the budget process is. I would also like to share with our audience that I'll try my best to keep up with the various paths our discussion may take. But however, rest assured that Christina is a consummate professional overseeing its development and execution, and I'm delighted to have Christina help simplify the process for us today. So I think for today's podcast, we're going to flip our usual format. And Christina, can you review maybe the top three or four learning lessons from today's conversation that you'd like our audience to walk away with uh, from the podcast? Certainly. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate um, you highlighting the city's budget. Mm -hmm. This is very timely. Um, we are in budget season right now, and we're going to be going to council on June 15th for a budget adoption. But leading up to that, we had lots of uh, opportunities for the community to engage with us on our budget. Um, so I, I would just say the overarching sort of theme is that we just need to reflect on sort of where we're at. And two years ago, we were putting together the budget in the midst of COVID, and there was a lot of a lot of unknown. But we went forward with our budget last year. We do a two-year budget. And so we are in a different financial condition dramatically since we were last, you know, compared to two years ago. Um, so with that said, there does remain some uncertainties uh, in our economic outlook that could derail the assumptions that we've put together, both on the revenue side, money coming into the city, as well as on the expenditure side, money going out of the city. Um, so for instance, inflation, it's high. So that's infecting, affecting us as a city. It's affecting business owners. Um, so our budget definitely reflects higher costs of doing business because of inflation. We're not sure where it's going to head, um, but we do have to factor that in. Supply chain issues mm -hmm. have, have been really significant, and so that affects some of our, our projects where it's just taking longer to get certain things uh, for our projects. And then, of course, the war on Ukraine uh, by Russia um, is also an uncertainty that we have you know, as we put together our budget. Um, so another major sort of lesson or takeaway, you know, that I want to make sure that we get across is that we do have an improved revenue forecast from where we were two years ago. And so revenues are picking up, sales tax is picking up, people are spending money in, in our city and, and, and around us, property tax is holding strong. Um, and so with this budget, uh, we are able to maintain our existing levels of service. But what I'm happy to talk about is the fact that we are also able to enhance some of our services Consistent with our council priorities and our community priorities, we are putting and recommending we put more funds towards public safety. And so that's definitely one of the themes of the budget. Uh, and so kind of to just dig into a little bit more detail on that, we're recommending adding mm -hmm. three and a half non-sworn positions to our police department. So these are really going to help supplement the work that's being done by our sworn officers. And this includes staffing. And then in addition to that, uh, for our fire fire side of the house, we contract out with Cal Fire. They do the day-to-day -day operations for our city for fire. Mm -hmm. We're going to be staffing a third fire station by 2024. Um, the station's going to be built. We have to staff it. And so this budget 
transitions in costs to be able to staff that third fire station. And then I think lastly, what I, I want to note is that maybe a little known fact that in Morgan Hill, we have the lowest per capita revenue in the county. So that means that if we look at all the other agencies and we look at, you know, by population, we have the lowest per capita taxes that we bring in, you know, to our city. And so, um, you know, it, it shows that, you know, for instance, we don't have a utility users tax. We don't have an add-on sales tax like some of our neighboring agencies um, do. And so, um, you know, we're not able to potentially have some of the services that other cities have. And so this is something that we've talked about in the past and we're looking towards in the future. Um, but with all of that said, we have a very dedicated and professional staff that does, you know, as much as we can with the resources we do bring in. Well, and then that's, those are great learning lessons for, for all of us to take away. In fact, you know, actually, uh, the, the next question I was really going to talk about was some of your learning lessons or your team's learning lessons on really not only how you forecast and project, but some of the areas of concern or driving forces from an economic perspective that really are addressed in this year's budget submission. And I know you just covered several of those, mm -hmm. but is there, is there anything from, a, from the, the other side of the equation, maybe some of those negative factors that you're still very concerned mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. and that you're going to have to kind of chart that course over the next several months. Yeah, so as I had mentioned, with COVID-19, you know, there were a lot of uncertainties two years ago, what that meant from a revenue perspective, right. what we're bringing in. Um, you know, and so as I mentioned, sales tax, property tax, they're doing well. We have mm -hmm. other categories of revenue where we're going to see over time them going up, but it's taking longer to recover. Hotel tax, for instance. So when Individuals come to Morgan Hill, they visit, they pay transient occupancy tax, a hotel tax. Right. So that comes directly to the city. Well, that revenue category just plummeted because recreation travel came to a halt, mm -hmm. like a very quick halt. But it's coming back. People are traveling both professionally and personally now. And so that's going to bounce back. Um, and then our recreation program, we have a very, very robust recreation program. But unfortunately, with all the COVID mandates that were in place, we couldn't have our doors open for a while That's to our right. gym. That's right. And so membership went down, but we were creative. We figured out how to bring our equipment outside, how to do online classes, how to keep members, retain members, and then now add back some of those members that have left. In addition to that, people are now starting to do events. And so our, our use, our rental use is going up. People are using our facilities to host weddings and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's good. Um, but still a lot of uncertainty in all of that. You know, so that's sort of on the revenue mm -hmm. side. And, and you think about spending habits. So with inflation going up, with the cost of gas and electricity going up, you know, what are consumers going to do? Are we going to continue to see mm -hmm. the increase in sales tax that we're projecting. So that's kind of yep. one of the areas that's uncertain that right. we're keeping an eye on. And then of course, from the cost perspective, you know, we have to build in assumptions on what it's going to cost for materials, what it's going to cost for labor for projects, you know, and so with inflation and everything else, you know, do we have enough budgeted, mm -hmm. you know, so those are some of the, the uncertainties that, you know, we, that we go into this budget with, but we keep a very close eye on our budget. Right. The council will adopt the budget in June, but monthly, we take a look at where we're at. In fact, that leads into a few of the uh, the final questions I really want to speak to. Let's hold that as a placeholder just okay. for now. And maybe we could just help the listeners understand. Our budget is really made up of our operating budget and our capital improvement mm -hmm. plan. So how does that break down for our audience? Yeah, right. yeah. So just in terms of dollars, mm -hmm. if we look at the full recommended budget for fiscal year 22-23, mm -hmm. so that spans itself from July 1st of this year through June 30th of next okay. year, 2023, the total recommended budget is $204 million. Now, if we break that out, um, you know, if we look at just the general fund, mm -hmm. 
52.5 million. You know, so if you think of general fund, you think of revenues coming in through taxes, the most thing, common expenditures are police and fire and administrative sort of costs. Um, but also within that 204 million, 58 million is related to what we call our capital improvement program. Mm -hmm. And then um, in addition to that, we have 93.2 million for non-general funds. So that kind of gives you an idea of the first year, the second year similar, there's timing differences based right. on projects and when revenues come in. But yeah, so it's both the capital side as well as the operations Which side. Which really reflects the delicate balance of just the recurring operating budget that we have and then how that really aligns to our future projections for capital improvements and more importantly, what does that mean from a total budget perspective? Which is why it's so complex in some ca in cases, but more importantly, I think it's, there's a, a deeper understanding the amount of energy that really has to go in, not only to forecast, to say, a two or a four-year budget, more importantly, to stay on top of that, to be able to track that. And I'm gonna, we're going to have a question at the end to talk about how we actually manage that process, sure. and as well as then how does our city council play into those factors. Okay. But I'd like to shift gears just a little bit, uh, and I, I think you actually, you really, you kind of hit on it. But from a public interest perspective, the general fund really accounts for the majority of services that most impact both our residents mm -hmm. and our business community. And I know you've kind of spoke to a few of them, but let's go into a little bit deeper. If you can understand, uh, help our viewers understand those major categories that make up the general fund mm -hmm. and then I think most more importantly to that you know from a cause and effect perspective what degree of flexibility does the city have to really impact the bottom line mm -hmm. and then we have a couple questions to say how can the community help provide and preserve some of that as well S certainly yeah. yeah so to kind of talk about you know our funds and, and how that works in the categories so the general fund when people talk about the budget yeah. they're usually thinking about the general fund you mm -hmm. know because of the taxes right. you know people couldn't understand sales tax and property tax and then you know the sort of the services that we provide now council has the most discretion over the general funds okay. you know so the the dollars come into the city primarily from a tax perspective mm. they're not they're not earmarked for specific items when it comes to the general fund yeah. for the most part now separate from that is the, is the non-discretionary funds mm -hmm. so for instance if we look at what we call special revenue funds so gas tax funds money comes into the city mm -hmm. from the state related to gas taxes mm -hmm. and we are only able to spend those funds on certain items related to street improvements and so forth. Similarly, we might receive a grant that's that's funded from the state or from you know the federal government, and those funds come in earmarked for a certain project. And so we can't once again the council can't decide to spend that on something you know something different. Now, um, category wise, if we look at revenue, primary categories: property tax, sales tax, hotel tax, as well as recreation revenue. And then from the expenditure side, I kind of mentioned some of the mm -hmm. categories, but police and fire, recreation, street maintenance, park maintenance, uh, municipal governance, and then administrative services. Mm -hmm. Now you asked a question about, mm -hmm. well, what, what does the council do? What can mm -hmm. the community do? Mm -hmm. And you know, one of the areas that comes to mind for me when you, you know, talk about that is economic development. Mm -hmm. you know, so that's a one um, area where the council and community really can and have an important role, and that is one retaining businesses that we have and attracting new businesses and as you know we partner very closely mm -hmm. with the chamber of commerce mm -hmm. in, in both of those areas retention you know as well as attraction of new businesses businesses come into town and they could result in sales tax to the city property tax so once you have land that gets developed that will lead to additional property tax to the city same thing with hotels and so forth. And so economic development is certainly one vehicle that we have 
to enhance our revenue base that we have now, going back to that per capita, you know, mm-hmm. economic development is one of those items that can really help, you know, get us to a point where we're bringing in more revenue per capita. See, and so for our listeners, we will have a whole series on economic development. Certainly, if you take a look at the next 12 to 18 to 24 months, uh, uh, business recruitment and retention becomes a critical force in how we're going to have to mitigate some of those challenges for our businesses, as well as that extension into our community as far as services we can provide. So we're going to hold that as a placeholder. We'll come back maybe with another series and actually uh, maybe ask the economic development team as well to join us, because certainly from a Chamber of Commerce perspective, we want to have as much alignment as we can to be able to complement the work together for our community. More importantly, how can we take a look at uh, the synergies with the city and the Chamber of Commerce and other wonderful associations that can help amplify some of the net worth of who we are down the road, not just from a budget perspective, but more importantly, just from a deeper value perspective of the services that we can offer. Wonderful. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, actually, it's been a wonderful conversation uh, up to this point, and, and I just really want to keep uh, these ideas flowing. And I realize that today's conversation really only scratch the surface of what a multi-year budget cycle really is all about. But I'm hopeful that we're able to serve, you know, kind of as a vehicle to, for the, this conversation to continue and really more engagement, you know, for our audience at, uh, at large. You know, immediately after the interview, I just want to make sure we share with the listeners that we will provide, you know, the city's dedicated finance department contacts, the links, the tools that the city has provided to assist our community navigate very uh, specific budget areas of their interests. So we really come down to our last question, Christina. Okay. Uh, so here we go. And I think you've already really spoken to that, but I do want to spend some time digging a little bit deeper into these areas. But you're absolutely, you're absolutely spot on. And measuring outcomes, tracking performance, responsible stewardship really is an essential component of any budget process. But I'm wondering if you can help review with our listeners how the city monitors that performance, how do we track our trends, and then do any course corrections that may be necessary just based on the financial landscape changing. Mm-hmm. And certainly two and a half, three years ago, mm-hmm. we had greater predictability of what that financial landscape looks like. What we've all learned, we've been humbled to some degree, and we've been sobered by the fact that this landscape can change overnight. So how does that look and feel from a city's perspective? And then I know you touched on it, but maybe the follow-up to that, how do we engage the city council so they can really weigh in and engage in those pertinent decisions that may be necessary for any course correction for the budget. Excellent questions. Yeah. So mm-hmm. let, let's talk about, you know, tracking the budget. So the budget gets adopted, you know, and it's a point in time and it's based upon, you know, assumptions, revenue assumptions, expenditure assumptions. And so validation mm-hmm. of those assumptions is key. And so we monthly um, present to the council budget to actual. So we compare what we budgeted with what we're actually seeing. And so this is something we started during COVID was to actually present this information to the council live, you know, at, during a during a council agenda item. So we continue to do that. And so that allows us to bring forward any necessary budget amendments to council and provide them, you know, really a look of where we're at. In addition to that, you know, we're doing a two-year budget. And so we do a mid-cycle budget meeting with the council and the community and that allows us to really look at that ahead at that second year and bring forward you know a comprehensive list of all the different revenue or expenditure changes that need to be made for that second year and so you know especially in light of some of the issues like inflation that we're seeing all the more important to keep a very close eye 
on how we're doing. And so this isn't just done by our budget team, but also at the departmental level, they're looking very closely right. at their budgets, you know, making sure that we're on track. Um, so that's sort of how that process works. And then you talked a little bit about, you know, you asked about the council's role in the process. Mm -hmm. So really the council goal setting that takes place in January of every year really kicks off the budget and mm -hmm. provides the foundation for the budget. So that was done at the end of January of this year, 2022. The council met and looked at what we call the sustainable Morgan Hill document. So it goes into the vision and the mission and, and we have ongoing priorities which really aren't intended to change a whole lot from year to year, and then strategic priorities. And so council adopted their sustainable Morgan Hill, and the strategic priorities didn't change from the last two years. There's things that we're still working on, you know, fiscal sustainability and housing and transportation. Those continue to be council's priorities. And so that really sets the foundation as we establish the budget to make sure that the council and community's priorities are reflected in the budget document so that there's numbers, there's dollar signs behind the priorities. And so that that is one way, an initial way in which, you know, the, the council in establishing those priorities is key. Um, in addition to that, you know, it is um, the, the periodic reviews that we do with, with the council, um, bringing forward sort of any changes during the budget cycle process, um, and just engaging with the, the constituents. So the council engages with their constituents um, in advance of the goal setting workshop, you know, and determining, you know, making sure that what's being brought forward, you know, does represent what Morgan Hill wants. You know, we want to make sure that Morgan Hill is the place where people want to live, where they want to work, where they want to have their businesses, you know, and so we want to make sure that our budget reflects that. You know, what I, what I consistently learned through all of these conversations is that it's never a one step process. It's a multi-step process that has cadence and rhythm throughout the years to come to be able to really not only understand where we are today, but more importantly, uh, recognize where we need to be in the future. And I think for some of our listeners uh, on the residents that may be listening, it's also really good to, to recognize and acknowledge that the budget uh, actions that are taking place do have a cadence to the city council, and with the cadence to the city council, the uh, the uh, residents and our uh, and our community has an opportunity to understand and digest that specific agenda item for that for that meeting. But more importantly, have a chance to weigh in to provide a voice right to the council itself on how these priorities are being met, how it relies to the budget, and really what it potentially means if we've got an excess budget or a deficit budget that we have to mitigate. So that's a part of, I think, today's communication that we're really hoping to share as well, is that for the community as a whole, be it a business owner or a resident, to stay engaged because it's, the budget process may start mm -hmm. with a budget work stop. It's a continual effort month after month, year after year, to ensure that we not only have fiscal sustainability, we're maintaining stewardship on who we are as a city and then how that relates to the deeper services that we provide. Well, well yeah. said. Right. Well, I, I, I want to thank Christina for a most insightful conversation for, uh, on our budget process. I want to pass on to our audience that we will continue a dialogue with the City of Morgan Hill on all important topics that impact our business community and residents. I'd also like to thank our listeners for joining in the Morgan Hill Chamber of Commerce's Quick Five podcast. And stay tuned uh, for the next in our series, Spotlighting Businesses and Nonprofits, proudly serving Morgan Hill and our neighboring communities. And on behalf of myself, in our Chamber of Commerce team. Have a wonderful day, and we hope to see you in and around the greatest city in the Bay Area, Morgan Hill. For more information about the city's budget, as well as full access to the 359-page budget document, visit the city's website at www.morgan-hill.com.
www.ca.gov forward slash 463 forward slash budget dash and dash financial document. I asked Christina to give me a breakdown of how best to navigate this comprehensive budget document. So we mentioned before in the podcast that there is a large document that goes along with this budget. Um, Could you give us a breakdown of how to navigate our way through that? Yeah, absolutely. So in the introduction of the budget to the council and the community on May 4th during that council meeting, one of the things that we did is we walked through what is included in the budget. And so if you go to our website, the budget is actually in the form of a flipping book. So when you flip through it, it's as though you're, it's digital, but it's as though you're turning pages of a book. And so we have a table of contents that's set up with all hyperlinks. And so you can go to all the different areas of the budget that you so desire. The budget doesn't only have numbers for each of our divisions and departments, but it has words behind it. So we, in all of our different departments and divisions, we have the revenues and expenditures, but above and beyond that, we have descriptions of what's involved in each of those divisions, what the accomplishments were for the past couple of years, and then forward looking what the goals are for those departments and divisions. In addition to that, the budget contains all of our fiscal policies, so a good resource document. We have a list of all the acronyms in there. We have charts that compare us to other agencies. So there's really a wealth of information in that budget document above and beyond numbers. Cool. And is there any other resources, people, any information other than what we've covered already that you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah, absolutely. So first, I just want to um, really give a huge shout out to our budget team that just does a phenomenal job of compiling this 359-page document, working very closely with each of our departments, our leadership team, their budget contacts, and putting this together. So kudos to them. Um, In addition to that, you know, besides our budget document, there's other information. If you go to our website in the finance section, you can go to our audited financial statements, learn more about our actual results. And so I'd encourage uh, the listeners to go there as well. On the city's budget site, you can also find a more digestible two-page budget in brief, which provides graphs and key budget information. There you will also find an access link to the next budget meeting, a public hearing for the budget adoption, which will be held on June 15th over Zoom. If you have questions regarding the budget, please feel free to reach out to the city's financial department at 408-779-7237 or to the city budget manager, Monica Delgado, by phone at 408-833-8742 or email at monica.delgado at morganhill.ca.gov. You can reach out to Christina Turner, our guest for this podcast and city manager of Morgan Hill, at 408-776-7382, or by email at christina.turner at morganhill.ca.gov. You can also stop by City Hall, located at 17575, Peak Avenue, Morgan Hill, and visit with any of our city officials Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Thanks for listening to Quick Five with the Morgan Hill Chamber of Commerce.